Chapter Seven of Chicot the Jester by Alexander Dumas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia. Chapter Seven: How, without anyone knowing why, the king was converted before the next day. Three hours passed thus. Suddenly, a terrible cry was heard, which came from the king's rooms. All the lights in his room were out, and no sound was to be heard except this strange call of the king's, for it was he who had cried. Soon was heard the noise of furniture falling, porcelain breaking, steps running about the room, and the barking of dogs mingled with new cries. Almost instantly lights burned, swords shone in the galleries, and the heavy steps of the guards were heard. "'To arms!' cried all. "'The king calls!' And the captain of the guard, the colonel of the Swiss, and some attendants rushed into the king's room with flambeau. Near an overturned chair, broken cups, and disordered bed stood Henry, looking terrified and grotesque in his night-dress his right hand was extended trembling like a leaf in the wind and his left held his sword which he had seized mechanically he appeared dumb through terror and all the spectators not daring to break the silence waited with the utmost anxiety then appeared half dressed and wrapped in a large cloak the young queen louise de lorraine blonde and gentle who led the life of a saint upon earth and who had been awakened by her husband's cries sire cried she also trembling what's the matter mon dieu i heard your cries and i came it it is nothing said the king without moving his eyes which seemed to be looking up the air for some form invisible to all but him but your majesty cried out is your majesty suffering asked the queen terror was so visibly painted on the king's countenance that it began to gain on the others oh sire cried the queen again in heaven's name do not leave us in this suspense will you have a doctor a, a doctor no cried henry in the same tone uh, uh, the body is not ill it is the mind no doctor a confessor everyone looked round nowhere was there to be seen any traces of what had so terrified the king however a confessor was sent for joseph foulon superior of the convent of saint genevieve was torn from his bed to come to the king with the confessor the tumult ceased and silence was re-established everyone conjectured and wondered the king was confessing the next day the king rose early and began to read prayers then he ordered all his friends to be sent for they sent to saint luke but he was more suffering than ever his sleep or rather his lethargy had been so profound that he alone had heard nothing of the tumult in the night although he slept so near he begged to be left in bed at this deplorable recital henry crossed himself and sent him a doctor then he ordered that all the scourges from the convent should be brought to him and going to his friends distributed them ordering them to scourge each other as hard as they could d'epernon said that as his right arm was in a sling and he could not return the blows he received he ought to be exempt but the king replied that that would only make it the more acceptable to god he himself set the example he took off his doublet, waistcoat, and shirt, and struck himself like a martyr. Chicot tried to laugh, as usual, but was warned by a terrible look, that this was not the right time, and he was forced to take a scourge like the others. All at once the king left the room, telling them to wait for him. Immediately the blows ceased. Only Chicot continued to strike Do, whom he hated, and Do returned it as well as he could. It was a duel with whips. The king went to the queen, 
gave her a pearl necklace worth twenty-five thousand crowns and kissed her which he had not done for a year then he asked her to put off her royal ornaments and to put on a sack louise always good consented but asked why her husband gave her a necklace and yet made such a request for my sins replied he the queen said no more for she knew better than any one how many he had to repent of henry returned which was a signal for the flagellation to recommence in ten minutes the queen arrived with her sack on her shoulders then tapers were distributed to all the court and barefooted through the snow all the courtiers and fine ladies went to montmartre shivering at five o'clock the promenade was over the convents had received rich presents the feet of all the court were swollen and the backs of the courtiers sore there had been tears cries prayers incense and psalms everyone had suffered without knowing why the king who danced the night before scourged himself to-day as for chicot he had escaped at the port montmartre and with brother gorenflot had entered a public-house where he had eaten and drank then he rejoined the procession and returned to the louvre in the evening the king fatigued with his fast and his exercise ordered himself a light supper had his shoulders washed then went to visit st luc ah cried he god has done well to render life so bitter why so sire because then man instead of fearing death longs for it speak for yourself sire i do not long for it at all listen st luc will you follow my example if i think it a good one i will leave my throne and you your wife and we will enter a cloister i will call myself brother henry pardon sire if you do not care for your crown of which you are tired i care very much for my wife whom i know so little therefore i refuse oh you are better infinitely better sire i feel quite joyous and disposed for happiness and pleasure poor saint luke cried the king clasping his hands you should have asked me yesterday sire then i was ill and cross i would have thrown myself into a well for a trifle but this evening it is quite a different thing i have passed a good night and a charming day mordieu vive la joie you swear saint luke did i sire but i think you swear sometimes i have sworn saint luke but i shall swear no more i cannot say that i will not swear more than i can help and god is merciful you think he will pardon me oh i speak for myself not for you sire you have sinned as a king i as a private man and we shall i trust be differently judged the king sighed st luke said he will you pass the night in my room why what should we do we will light all the lamps i will go to bed and you shall read prayers to me no thank you sire you will not on no account you abandon me st luke no i will stay with your majesty if you will send for music and ladies and have a dance oh st luke st luke i am wild tonight, sire i want to dance and drink st luke said the king solemnly do you ever dream often sire you believe in dreams with reason 
how so dreams console for the reality last night i had a charming dream what was it i dreamed that my wife you still think of your wife more than ever sire well i dream that she with her charming face for she is pretty sire so was eve who ruined us all well my wife had procured wings and the form of a bird and so braving locks and bolts she passed over the walls of the louvre and came to my window crying open saint luke open my husband and you opened i should think so worldly as you please sire then you woke no indeed the dream was too charming and i hope tonight to dream again therefore i refuse your majesty's obliging offer if i sit up let me at least have something to pay me for losing my dream if your majesty will do as i said enough saint luke i trust heaven will send you a dream tonight which will lead you to repentance i doubt it sire and i advise you to send away this libertine saint luke who is resolved not to amend no no i hope before tomorrow grace will have touched you as it has me good night i will pray for you end of chapter seven recording by john van stan savannah georgia